Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. And today, she's joined by her husband, Clayton King. Today's episode concludes our Christmas series where we're looking at the person of Jesus through the book of Acts. Shari and Clayton have a great conversation for us, so let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Welcome to season 13. We are talking about Jesus according to the gospel writers, and we've already looked at how Matthew saw Jesus, how Mark saw Jesus, how John saw Jesus, and how Luke saw Jesus according to his gospel. But, but today we will be talking about how Luke sees Jesus and how he writes about him in the book of Acts. And I have my husband, Clayton King, with, here with me today. Hey, Shari. Hey. Are you having a good day? I am. I'm having a really great day. Yeah. Are you excited to be in here with me? I am. I'm always excited to be close to you. I don't like physical distancing from you. <laughs> um, I also spend so much time. If people could just hang out with us, they would be amazed at how much time we spend talking about the Bible. Yes. Uh, confession. We've never done devotions together in 21 mm. years of marriage. But it's it's because we honestly, I don't think, need to because we talk about the Bible so much. So mm. being able to put what we talk about at our kitchen table and at the bar, not the bar that we go out to on Thursday nights, but the bar in our kitchen. Um, Are you saying we go out to <laughs> No, I'm saying we don't. It just came out wrong. The conversations that we have sitting around the house about what you're learning in seminary and about what I'm preaching on or whatever, to be able to put this on a podcast is a lot of fun. Yes, I'm excited. And I'm excited that you're in this conversation with me today. I know I've been able to interview Dr. Kanoy for the past few weeks, um, and you have an attachment to him because he was one of your professors. Yeah, he's a mentor. He's a great man of God. He's a spiritual father to me and so many. And he's just a sweet guy. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we both love him and respect him so much. To get his perspective, he's a world-class theologian. Yeah. So to have his perspective here on your podcast is, wow, what a yeah. treat. I was so excited that he was willing to do it, and we kind of did it last minute. We just knocked out all four episodes in about two hours. Yeah, it's way to go. Yeah. Well, listen, we're looking at Acts now. So just as a before I ask you a few questions, I want to help the listener understand that when people usually think about the New Testament, they think that Paul wrote a majority of it. Mm. But if you do a word count, you'll be amazed to see that Luke yeah. wrote almost as many words in the New Testament as Paul did. He's, only, he's second only to Paul. So Luke obviously wrote the Gospel of Luke, but the continuation to his witness of the person of Jesus is the book that we call Acts. Right? Yeah, and something really interesting about Luke is that um, each gospel writer had a different perspective on Jesus, of course. Luke is one of those. But one perspective that Luke brings is his desire to be very historical in how he wrote. He wanted things to be proven. He wanted to be seen as an accurate historian. Now, the history and the way history was written in the time of Luke isn't isn't the same as it is today. It isn't as much like exact facts and figures and numbers and stats and things like that. His perspective was, I'm going to write an accurate history of God, 
um, and how he brought Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and then he brings historical facts into his story as proof and evidence. So if you actually look in Luke and specifically in Acts, what we're looking at today, you'll see that he's always bringing people in as witnesses. You'll see the word proof very often. Uh, The miracles that God does serve as proof. The things that are happening through the apostles and through all of the, you know, all the different miracles and the signs and the wonders, they aren't just signs and wonders for no reason. They are being used by Luke as evidence that Jesus is alive. Right, and he's the Messiah. And keep in mind, when you study the book of Luke, Luke is the only Gentile writer in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Now, that's in, that's encouraging to know for a couple of reasons. First of all, every other writer was Jewish. Luke is Gentile, meaning he's probably Greek. He's definitely not Jewish. He was a physician, which means he had the personality, the calling, and the gifts of God for detail. Mm-hmm. So to be a doctor meant that you were detailed. He was also commissioned by a wealthy patron named Theophilus. Mm-hmm. So Theophilus basically was investigating the claims that Christians were making that Jesus was God. Theophilus, who is Greek, you can tell by his name, then obviously knows Luke, knows that he is a, a an historian of the first order. He is mm-hmm. a very detailed historian. Not only is he a doctor, but he's a historian. So Theophilus probably paid him an amount of money to go interview eyewitness accounts, actual people who had seen Jesus both alive and crucified and resurrected, And then Theophilus is going to bring that report back. It's almost like when the U.S. Senate commissions an investigation Mm -hmm. or the FBI investigates some some case. So Luke comes back with his gospel, which is the record of the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And then part two, the continuation, is the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. That That is Luke's investigation of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the apostles as the church begins. Mm-hmm. So everything that we know uh, about really the New Testament church either comes from Paul and Peter and John's writings and some spatterings of other people like Jude, or it comes from Luke because he writes this pretty exhaustive book called Acts. Mm-hmm. I also remember Doug Murphy from our days back in North Carolina who used to say, we all call it Acts of the Apostles. Mm-hmm. If you read your Bible, that, that, that title will be there. But Doug said what we should call it is acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I would even take it a step further, and I would say we need to call it acts of the risen Jesus. Because um, the beginning of Acts, the chapter 1, and I actually want to just take a minute and read this because I think it's very important um, for what we're talking about today for me to read this. But... um, And it kind of sets a foundation for all of what Clayton and I will be talking about today. But it says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all the things Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to give them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
Then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And so even in this first chapter, you see there's the word proofs. There's He's he's presenting this. He's saying, basically, I already gave you the story of Jesus in my gospel, but now we're going to talk about Jesus as king. Jesus has gone from us on earth, but that doesn't mean that he is gone from us, period. Right. He went back to sit and rule and reign beside the Father God, mm-hmm. but he has sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit... If we look at who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit says he does, even if you go into John and just different places in the Bible, the Holy Spirit says he will only speak what is given to him to speak. And very often throughout Acts, it talks about the Spirit of Christ motivating them. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in us, but he testifies as to who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because Luke very much wanted people to know, yes, Jesus was and you can see it in this first chapter he was crucified right but he also rose and so in the first chapter he's very careful to say he rose but he came back and he taught us for 40 days yeah. about the kingdom of god before he left he showed us who he was mm-hmm. basically he's instructing them as to how to teach the kingdom of god so if we wonder why the gospels are so powerful it's because jesus is saying this is what you need to tell people exactly. these are the important things um And now they're going to carry this on. But another thing that's important in this is you see that he is eating with them, um, that he is with them. He is talking. He is living tangibly, physically there. He is a risen. He is a resurrected body. Right. He is not a spirit floating around. Now, this body can do incredible things that ours can't, like moving through walls Mm -hmm. and um, and things like that. But Jesus is actually risen living on earth and then he raises and he goes to heaven and that is so that he can send the spirit to be with all of us and so because jesus even though in his risen body he could not be in all places at all times because he He was was, limited to the physical mm -hmm, body itself right and even though it was resurrected and different Mm -hmm. but the holy spirit then now comes to live in all of us and that is what god had always promise would happen. Mm -hmm. The restoration is now beginning. And so while Jesus says, it's not for you to know the dates or the times that the father has set, he is, he is basically saying to them by sending the Holy spirit, by resurrecting into heaven. Yes. The Mm -hmm. restoration is beginning. Now it isn't being finalized. He will come back, but it has begun. Yeah. Every person is now able to access God's spirit if they choose to trust him, which is not something that would happen Mm -hmm. before.
So with that in mind, Shari, how do you think that the book of Acts, and Luke specifically as he writes this account, speaks to us during Christmas? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that one thing that is very tempting is to have this tradition of Christmas every year where you have this story and this narrative that you read, and somehow it becomes it can become so familiar that it almost feels like a fairy tale, mm -hmm. you know? But the thing that Luke is trying to tell us in Acts is that Jesus is king, mm. you know? Because in Luke, uh, the gospel of Luke, you know, he tells of his birth, um, his life, his death, and he speaks of his resurrection very briefly, but Acts is where he expounds on the resurrection. Mm. Yeah. And the idea here is that Jesus has resurrected, but not just that, but that he's king yeah. and that he's still active. And that because he left, he, it doesn't mean he's gone away. It's that we all still can see what he's doing in our lives, that he's still moving, still working, that he's not going to cease his work. Yeah. So Jesus then, you know, we you read it already, we're introduced to him uh, right off the bat in Acts as raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. And then we see him again in Acts over and over, like you're talking about how Jesus is king. That's a message we need to hear at Christmas. Yeah, it, because he's said to be clean, king and proclaimed as king in Luke, right? right? And even in the other gospels. But we see him reigning as king. We see him acting as king. And it's not necessary. Sometimes he shows up, you know, and sometimes you see his spirit. But most often it's through his people mm -hmm. who have decided to follow him and are willing to give him everything mm -hmm. and are being led by the spirit that he sent. Yeah. And so, you know, Jesus appears in Acts 1, you've already read it, as king because he commissions the disciples. Right. Uh, go and take the gospel all over the world. And then Jesus makes a few more appearances in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. I love how Luke records this. But when he appears again in Acts, he, he's not the suffering servant. He is the conquered king, conquering yes. king. Yes. He appears... Uh, Stephen, the first Christian martyr, mm -hmm. is stoned to death. And then Jesus is where? He is standing at the right hand of the Father. Yes, he is king. king. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, a couple chapters later, we see Jesus appear, and uh, he does something very strange. He knocks a man named Saul off of his chariot down onto the ground. Mm -hmm. and we know that, that Saul was a Jewish leader who was persecuting, arresting, and killing Christians. Mm -hmm. He actually was responsible for Stephen's death. Mm -hmm. So it's so cool to me. Jesus appears at Stephen's murder, at his martyrdom, and Saul is there mm -hmm. giving agreement to and cheering on the murderers. Mm -hmm. And then the same Jesus appears a couple of chapters later and tells Saul you're going to become my apostle to the Gentiles. Yes, and the, the amazing thing about all of that is we were talking with Dr. Kanoy about the fact that Luke makes, uh, he very often talks about things that are not possible becoming possible. Yeah. So you have the, quote, biggest enemy of the kingdom of God, Yeah. you know, Saul killing Christians out on a mission. Mm -hmm. And what do we see? We see God redeem him. Yeah we see that he is restored. The one thing that is the most impossible that you could even dream of yes. is now possible. Yes, the man killing Christians now becomes the biggest advocate. Now, it would be one thing, uh, Saul could have been converted and then lived in guilt for the rest of his life, but that's not what he did. He, right. he realized, I have been blind, I'm gonna basically, for lack of a better phrase that I can think of right now, I'm gonna suck up my, you know, I'm gonna be humility and I'm gonna suck it up mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go back and apologize basically and live with these Christians that I have been 
persecuting and I and I'm going to become number one like yeah. representative number one witness because now I understand and the beauty of acts is that God has now brought the gospel to all people and so you have Paul is essential for that yeah um, because Paul is the one with this just desire deep deep set desire to reach out to the Gentiles yeah. and there's a backstory to that this is actually really beautiful so there was a time when the Israelites were in Babylon mm -hmm. and when they came out God said you're gonna be my witnesses to the nations well they didn't do it they failed yeah and to the Gentiles to the like the other people and so here we see um, Paul feeling as if he is this person who is now fulfilling this yeah. and bringing this restoration that God intended forever uh, yeah, ago. hundreds of years Yes, prior. he's taking up this calling. So with that in mind, thinking again about Luke, he wrote the Gospel of Luke, he wrote the Continuation, which is the Book of Acts. And um, is there any, like, one more essential or central message or characteristic or aspect of Jesus mm -hmm. that that Luke really does key in on in the book of Acts? Is there any central or yeah. or essential element, some, some side, some view, uh, characteristic of Jesus that stands out to you? Yeah, I think it has to do with some of the things we've already talked about. Um, the big thing with Christmas, I think, is to realize he is the king. Yes, he was born a baby, um, originally announced as king, but now he is actually like reigning as king. Um, everything is under his authority. Although we may not see that it is, it is. Yeah. Jesus is reigning. Um, in light of that, how does that affect our lives? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what Luke is trying to say is, hey guys, guess what? Jesus left, uh, he, but he still exists. And guess what? He's like in this place of great authority now. Mm -hmm. And not only is he in this place of great authority, he has the Father's ear. He has everything under, is under his authority, but also he's given us the Spirit. And the Spirit is here. His Spirit is here to testify to all the things that he can now do in the earth in complete freedom because mm -hmm. he has conquered death. Right, And so that's really the culmination of the Christmas story isn't just that God came. It's that he came and did something. Yes. And now is still doing something. Yeah. And that's what Axis says is that he didn't stop doing things. He is still doing things. And here's what I want to say. And here's what I think that I, leaving on this podcast, um, leaving this final word is. If he has done something and he still is doing something, he's going to do it in us. Yeah. And that's what it means to be witnesses. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just mean um, going on a mission trip and telling people who, who are in another country about who Jesus is and coming back with some numbers of salvation. That's a good thing. I'm not saying that that's bad. I think that we should do that. But being a witness is a way of living. Right. It's your way of living everyday life. And so Jesus, if he is alive, and he is, and if he is king, and he is, he should be changing you. You should be changing as a person, and people should be able to see that. And when they see that, they know who he is because of how you're living. Yeah. And word. so I think that that's, that's what we need to see is that in this verse 8, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? not just to have power, it's not like to be superheroes, it's to be a witness. It's to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
And this means that God has now, this verse is is geographical, but the geographical is supposed to point to the theological. So Mm -hmm. what God is saying is, I was God primarily to the Jews, but now I'm a God to every person. Mm -hmm. There is no one who doesn't belong in the kingdom. Everyone does belong. The lame, Mm -hmm. those who feel weak, those who feel like they don't belong, murderers, the murderer. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a murderer on the the cross. Thief on the cross beside Jesus. Everyone belongs in the kingdom, Jews and Gentiles, and that's what the message of Acts says. And so I think that we need to look at our lives. We need to say, okay, this is the Christmas story. Jesus came, but he also rose, and now he's king. And what does that mean for you? Yeah, I love it. What I love most about this conversation we're having, uh, this just dawned on me, is we, you and I, Shari, have these conversations literally every single day about the things that you're learning uh, in seminary, about the things that I'm learning as I read the Bible. And we have them around our kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And we're literally sitting (laughs) at the kitchen table that we first bought when we got married 21 years ago. First one. And we're sitting at that table right now having a conversation about Jesus in the Christmas season in the Gospels in the book of Acts. And I love how that is just full circle because that is proof that Jesus the King that we see in Acts is present in us. He's present in you. He's present in me. He's present right here at this table, and he has been for 22 years. And he's also present in this podcast. And I'm so thankful that we were able to do this season. And I know it's been helpful as we talk about Jesus and make a big deal out of him, especially at Christmas. I'll just, you know, hey, there's never been a year in my life that (laughs) I needed the joy of Christmas more than 2020. And I hope that this, I know that this is a great way to get people's eyes on Jesus and their heart filled with the joy that Jesus brings. Yeah. I really hope that this episode has helped you see Jesus a little more clearly and understand more of the context of his life, his work, his death, his resurrection, and ultimately his lordship. Hey, we wanted to invite you to pray about joining Shari and myself on a trip to Greece and Turkey one of our favorite places we've ever been on planet Earth as we retrace the steps of the Apostle Paul as well as some of the places where John visited. We get to go to the island of Patmos. We get to visit the cave where John wrote the book of Revelation. We get to stand in front of the library of Ephesus, one of the most well-preserved ancient ruins from antiquity. We get to stand on the top of the Acropolis in Athens, Greece, and we get to see where Paul preached the gospel to the Areopagus at Mars Hill. It's just the trip of a lifetime. Shari and I will be leading this trip, so if you're interested in going, the dates are September the 20th through October the 8th. That's September the 20th through October the 8th, and you can find out more information by going to ClaytonKing.com. Hey, this podcast is because of you. It exists to help you, but you make it happen. So there are three ways that you can help us reach more people. Share this with your friends and follow Shari on Instagram and on Facebook. Follow Overcoming Monday as well. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to our ministry because we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and everything you give allows us to offer this and many more ministry opportunities completely free of charge. Just go to claytonking.com slash give. We hope that this has been a great experience for you We hope we've given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough.